0: May 19th, starting with Proverbs chapter 15, verses 20 and 21. Sensible children bring joy to their father. Foolish children despise their mother. Foolishness brings joy to those with no sense. A sensible person stays on the right path. Psalm 116, verses 1 through 19. I love the Lord because He hears my voice, and my prayer for mercy because He bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is! So merciful, this God of ours! The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety, I cried out to you. These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my Mm -hmm. vows to the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. John chapter 10, verses 22 through 42. It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me, because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my, the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. Jesus said, At my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one, of, for which one are you going to stone me? They replied, We're stoning you, not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim, claim to be God. Jesus replied, It is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say, you are gods, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who receive God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say, I am the Son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he couldn't. He got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River and near the place where john was first baptizing and stayed there a while and it, many followed him john didn't perform miraculous signs they remarked to one another but everyone he said about everything he said about this man has come true and many who were there believed in jesus 1 samuel chapter 24 verse 1 through chapter 25 verse 44 After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En En Gedi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. Now is your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this to my lord the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After Saul had left the cave and gone on his way, David came out and shouted after him, My lord the king! And when when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say I am trying to harm you? This very day you can see with your own eyes it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you, and I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting for me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, From evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate, and he will rescue me from your power. When David had finished speaking, Saul called back. Is that really you, my son David? Then he began to cry. And he said to David, You are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today, for when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away when he had him in his own power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. Now swear to me by the Lord that when that happens, you will not kill my family and destroy my line of descendants. So David promised this to Saul with an oath. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went back to their stronghold. Now Samuel died, and all Israel gathered for his funeral. They buried him At his house in Ramah, then David moved back or moved down to the village of Maon. There was a wealthy man from Maon who owned property near the town of Carmel. He had three thousand sheep and one thousand goats, and it was sheep shearing time. This man's name was Nabal, and his wife Abigail was a sensible and beautiful woman, but Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, was crude and mean in all his dealings. When David heard of Nabal, that he was shearing his sheep, he sent ten of his young men to Carmel with this message for Nabal. Peace and prosperity to you, your family, and everything you own. I am told that it is sheep shearing time. While your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them, and nothing was ever stolen from them. Ask your own men, and they will tell you this is true. So would you be kind to us, since we have come at a time of celebration. Please share any provisions you might have on hand with us and with your friend David. David's young men gave this message to Nabal in David's name, and they waited for a reply. Who is this fellow, David? Nabal sneered to the young men. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? So David's young men returned and told him what Nabal had said. Get your swords, was David's reply, as he strapped on his own. Then four hundred men started off with David, and two hundred remained to guard their equipment. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us, and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. You need to know this and figure out what to do, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered near a bushel of roasted grain, one hundred clusters of raisins, and two hundred fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, Go ahead, I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal where she was going. As she was riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had been saying, A lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he has repaid me evil for good. May God strike me and kill me, if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay, pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like s- stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, Return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal was throwing a big party and was celebrating like a king. He was very drunk, so she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until dawn the next day. In the morning, when Nabal was sober, his wife told him what had happened. As a result, he had a stroke, and he lay paralyzed on his bed like a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck him, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise the Lord, who has avenged the insult I received from Nabal, and has kept me from doing it myself. Abel has received the punishment for his sin. Then David sent his messengers to Abigail to ask her to become his wife. When the messengers arrived at Carmel, they told Abigail, David has sent us to take you back to marry him. She bowed low to the ground and responded, I, your servant, would be happy to marry David. I would even be willing to become a slave washing the feet of his servants. Quickly getting ready, she took along five of her servant girls as attendants, mounted her donkey, and went with David's messengers. And so she became his wife. David also married Ahanoam from Jezreel, making both of them his wives. Saul, meanwhile, had given his daughter Michal, David's wife, to a man from Galim, named Palti, son of Laish. And that concludes the reading of the word for May 19th.